You're listening to the Frugal Spender Podcast, where we have conversations about the one thing you've always been told not to talk about, personal finance. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Frugal Spender Podcast. This is episode 30. And in today's episode, I want to walk you through three of the most common arguments I get against investing whenever I talk about it. The things that genuinely seem to stop people from ever getting started. And they certainly aren't all of the reasons that people give not to invest, but they are the three most common that I hear. So I wanted to draw your attention to them. And I think it's important for me and any other content creator that talks about personal finance and investing to actively remember that the average person just doesn't know much about this stuff or truthfully even care much about it. So you listening to this podcast makes you unusual. Let's go with special. As I've been investing for under three years, I can at least still remember my ignorance and as a result can understand why people either don't want to invest, they either don't understand it or they're just scared both of which I definitely experienced. And of course, my mission with all the content I create is to help break down those barriers so that people can not only get out of debt, learn to budget and generally sort their finances out, but also so that they can begin investing and building wealth for their futures. Now, these arguments are often replies from people on videos I make on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and because there's such a small number of characters to reply on these platforms and really express why I think they should be investing, I thought I would dedicate an episode on the podcast uh, just in case you listening have had any of the same thoughts or have had these thoughts in the past and want them addressed. Okay, so let's go straight into number one. And the most common response I get to not wanting to build wealth for people's futures and taking advantage of compound interest is that they want to enjoy their money now not when they're older, with some people even saying that they might not even make it to age 60, so what's the point? Or even if they did, they're going to be too old to enjoy it. Okay, let's take a look. The point that you should enjoy your life now, I totally agree with, and I can understand why people say this. What I would say, though, is that it isn't a zero-sum game. You don't have to enjoy your life now and then not enjoy your life in the future, and vice versa. You can engineer a life where you can enjoy your time now and also have enough money in the future to live your life the way you want it. The amount of money that you need to do both, of course, is subjective and varies from people's lifestyle to lifestyle. What people really need to do is just extend their time horizon out. Rather than worrying about what's happening today or next week, next month, it needs to be in the future. And the only way you can do that is by having your finances in order and having a cushion in an emergency fund just in case things go wrong, so that you're not living paycheck to paycheck and worrying about what's happening only this month. Because, because the truth is, before you know it, it's going to be the future. And at that time, it's going to be your now. So you're going to be worried about then. And if you haven't saved up your entire life, you're going to be in a poor situation. The last thing you want to be doing is solely relying on the government to fund your retirement. Which is why I find the argument that you might not even live to 60 the least convincing part of this argument. So I did a bit of research and came across a Forbes article that breaks down a study that was done in the US about when people decide to take their social security check. And this is something I was completely unaware of. I assumed it was the same as the UK where you just receive a state pension at whatever the state pension age is every day as a school day. 
So in the US, you can start taking your benefits from age 62 up to age 70, and you decide. And that's a sliding scale as to what your monthly payments are based on how early you take it. The earlier you take it, the less you get, and the later you take it, the more you get. The thing that I found really interesting about this study is that it highlighted how people often underestimate their life expectancy, with the majority of people opting to start taking payments as soon as they can at age 62. This, of course, could be a combination of not having a choice as well as just not thinking you're going to live long. However, the most interesting part for me to this is that if you opted to start receiving your social security check from 70 rather than 62, you would just need to live to age 78 to be 70% better off financially. So you would be much better off waiting. With life expectancy being close to the mid 80s now and likely to increase, you will be spending money for longer than you think. The Stanford Center for Longevity report that two-thirds of pre-retirees underestimate their life expectancy. Which of course is good news, you are likely to live longer than potentially you think, but if you haven't planned for that eventuality, then you're going to be left short. So all of this to say, you are likely to live a long and fruitful life, so you need to be prepared for that. Investing your money over the long term to take advantage of compound interest is key, whether it's your workplace pension, your personal pension, or within an ISA. The takeaway here is that you should enjoy life now, but consistently invest at the same time so that when you get older, you have money to enjoy too. Okay, the second reason not to invest that I come across quite a lot is a big buzzword right now. Inflation. The cost of things going up, from milk and bread to heating and fuel for the car. We all know things are getting more expensive over time. It's the reason that your parents bought their house for £2 back in the day. And in today's high inflation environment, it has almost become normal to hear double digit figures being thrown around and we barely even freak out about it. So the question is then, what is the best way to combat inflation? And you guessed it, investing. Ensuring that your money outperforms inflation and then some is the goal of any investor. We all know that leaving your money in the bank is just guaranteed money down the drain in real value terms. So you will need to do your best to ensure your money holds its value over time. I sometimes get comments on particularly the videos where I talk about investing to become a millionaire over the long term using cost averaging. Sometimes people will say that a million pounds in 40 years time is only going to be enough money to buy a loaf of bread. Now, as facetious as those comments are, there is definitely an element of truth to it. One million pounds in today's money is not the same as a million pound in 40 years time. But that is the exact reason that you need to invest. It isn't a reason not to. We know inflation is a fact of life. We just can't change that. So we need to prepare for it by trying to beat it. Now, sure, there are many ways that you can do this by starting your own business to buying property. But for the average person, investing in the stock market and index funds over the long term is just the best way to build wealth. Okay, and the final reason not to invest is the one that I probably resonate the most with. And that is the feeling that investing is just too risky. I really used to think of investing as gambling, a roll of the dice or a red or black bet. And I can look back and know now that that's because I was ignorant about investing. It wasn't my fault. I was just never taught about investing and nor did I seek out this information myself. How would I understand the risk of investing or even what the word risk really meant if I hadn't learned it? And this is definitely the main roadblock for the average person to take the leap into becoming an investor. It just feels safe leaving your money in a high street bank account because you've banked with them for years and you trust them, right? Okay, that's great. But do you know what the bank is doing with your money? They're investing it. 
and then they're paying you bugger all interest for the privilege of making massive profits themselves. So why not just cut the middleman out and invest yourself? And risk when it comes to investing means that the value of your investment could drop as well as increase. Yes, it could drop. At many points, it will. That is just the nature of the stock market. It goes up and it goes down quite a lot. But over time, it has always gone up. People lose money in the stock market when they panic sell during a crash. These people are the ones that scare others into never getting started because they say, I lost money in the stock market. Well, no, the value of your investment went down and you decided to sell it at cheaper than you bought it. Your money needs to be exposed to an element of risk to get higher returns. But the thing that smooths out all the bumps is time. Investors think long-term and traders think short-term. We are investors, not traders. If you or anyone you know thinks investing is too risky, you should do the same thing I tell everybody to do. Learn, learn, learn. There are so many free resources out there online from YouTube videos to podcasts like this. Just spend a few hours trying to understand the stuff and as if like magic, the fear of risk reduces. From my experience, there is a direct correlation between knowledge of investing and the lack of fear. And there you have it, guys. The three biggest reasons people tell me that they don't, can't or shouldn't invest. Let me know on social media if there are any others that you can think of or ones that you're potentially feeling yourself. And feel free to message me if you want to discuss them. I really do love talking to people about this stuff and I reply to every single message or email that I get. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting the channel by subscribing on whatever platform you're listening on currently and leave a review. It really helps the podcast reach more people and hopefully gets this information to people who need it the most and can then turn their finances around. Guys, until next time, peace.